So I get to talk to you guys again. This is part two of mission and vision. I love to talk about mission and vision like I said last week. I love to look at where we are and say, okay, what's our potential? Where could we end up? What could God have us do? And so I'm pumped to be able to do that again with you guys tonight and talk a little bit more about our potential. Vision casting is a really big deal. And I was realizing this week that parents have to be really good vision casters. Parents have to have a vision and they have to continue to stick to that vision and they have to fight to make that vision happen. I have very young kids, so I'm not fighting for anything that intense yet. But an example is just bedtime. Bedtime. I have to fight for bedtime every night. My wife and I, we are teamed up for getting kids actually sleeping at night. It's an amazing thing. Usually what happens is we're downstairs hanging out and that time rolls around. I say, kid, you know, go to the bathroom, brush your teeth. He goes to the bathroom, brushes his teeth, and then he'll come out and be like, oh, but I didn't drink anything. I'm so thirsty. So then I'm like, drink water, you know? So he goes and drinks some water, you know? It's like, that doesn't count. And he, I didn't have a drink. You just gave me water. It's a drink, okay? But, but that doesn't count. But so he, brought, you know, all right, go upstairs. He's the easiest. Go upstairs, get changed. Okay, so he disappears, right? And then it's Brynn. All right, Brynn, Cade's done. Go into the bathroom now, right? Brush your teeth, go to the bathroom. But I'm drawing a unicorn, you know? And I, okay, all right, I'll give you a minute. Finish the unicorn, right? A minute goes by, but I'm still working on the hooves. I got two pink ones and two purple ones, and I got to match them with diamonds and crystals and, you know, all that magical stuff, you know? And I'll, all right, I'll give you no, one more minute. I give her another minute. Still, still. Oh, I'm not done yet. I'm not ready yet. And this is so not fair. This is so not fair. You're not going to make the boys go to the bathroom and brush your teeth. Your brother already did. Go in the bathroom and brush your teeth. So she goes in there begrudgingly. She starts to brush and do her thing in there. And then she comes out. and I, All right, go upstairs and change. I'm keeping the vision of mine. Kelly's keeping the vision of mine. We need these kids in bed. We need these people sleeping. These humans that run our home need to sleep so we can have a little breather. And so we keep working on this. Landon, go to the bathroom. Bryn's upstairs. Kids, go to the bathroom. Okay, so he goes to the bathroom. After about five minutes of fighting with him, you know, usually you can't find him, so you have to threaten to unplug the Wii, you know, take it into the garage. He you know, emerges from behind a curtain or something like that. You know, like, okay, there he is. Good. The Wii got him. So he comes out. Bring, you know, change. All right, kids doing good, right? Vision, vision, vision. Sleeping people, sleeping humans, right? And good, okay. And so then Landon gets in there, brushes his teeth. He comes out. Everything's successful. We're going to move everybody upstairs. He eats a pretzel. He's like, no, you know? So you got to send him back in, brushes his teeth again. Finally, we get upstairs. Bryn has not even gone in her room yet because there's a spider in there and I have to kill it first, right? So I go in. I kill the, fi- the spider. I show the proof. I-, I have to show the proof. He's dead. Smush, nasty, dead. You happy? Okay, good. Go change, right? She can go change. Finally get in the room. Kate's watching TV. Jake and Josh is almost over. Come on, come on. It's almost over. All right. Uh, no. Shut it down, right? Eventually, we pray. Get everybody in the right bed. And I tell the boys a superhero story. And then Landon says, Dad, I just have a question. All right, we'll talk about it tomorrow. But I'll forget. And he goes into the whole cry thing. And so I have to write down on my phone, what do you want to talk about? You remind me now. I'll write down on my phone. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Sleeping humans. Finally, it happens. And awesome, we get to do the whole thing for the rest of our lives, right? <laughs> Until they're doing it to me, right? I'll be like this old guy on the couch, like, I'm almost done with my unicorn, you know? <laughs> Dad, I said get to bed. Paybacks, right? Change your diaper and get to bed. That's terrible. Anyway, um, but vision casting is important. Clinging to the vision, saying this must happen. And you know what? In church world, we have to cling to the vision. Because just like my kids... We get distracted so easily from the vision. We try to do our own thing. We try to get off. We, we don't even try sometimes to get off from the vision, but we just do. And so it's so important that in church world, 
we keep on casting vision. We keep on talking what we're about. So I'm going to remind you a little bit of what we're about. If you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to check out our message last week, Vision and Mission Part 1. Tonight, I'll just remind you, and then we're going to take things to the next level, okay? So we are a church that has a vision and a mission, and our vision is this. We want to be a church that unchurched people love to attend and where Christians can grow deep in their faith. We think that Jesus was great at accomplishing both those things. He was great at attracting people who knew, didn't know him, didn't love him, didn't like him, didn't think like him, but he was also great at helping mature Christians or, or serious followers grow deeper in their faith. And so we want to be that place, and we preach for life change, right? Knowledge is good. We, we, we want you to learn new things. We want you to grow. But more than that, man, we are aiming at life change. We don't want you to just know stuff. We want you to live stuff, right? So we're, that's our vision. And I hope this past week you've been thinking a little bit about that. I hope you've been, you know, trying to get that in your heart. Our mission here at this church is to help people center their lives around Jesus. And I gave you guys a bunch of opportunities, a bunch of next steps so that you can center your life around Jesus. Now let me say this one more time just to remind everybody. The things I'm about to remind you, these five kind of steps I'm going to remind you of, these things don't save you. Like, we have to remember that. There's one thing that saves you, and it's Jesus. It's what Jesus did on the cross for you, his death and his resurrection, and your belief in that. That's the one thing that saves you, okay? But these five things are what you do in response to what he's done. These five things are things you could say, all right, I see that Jesus saved me. He loves me. He wants to change my life. Now I'll do these things because I want to grow in my relationship with him. So these are the five things we think help people take next steps towards centering their life around Jesus. The first one is that they learn and apply, that all of us learn and apply God's word. Now I'm not talking down to anybody tonight. I need to do this for the rest of my life. I need to learn more and more about God and apply what I learn. And so I hope this past week you were asking yourself the question, Do I need to learn more about God? Is that my next step? Do I need to apply what I already know? Are there things in my life that I know about God or my relationship with God, but I haven't done anything about them yet? Well, man, maybe I need to take a next step with that. Some of us need to experience God, experiencing God. Some of you guys here have grown up Christian, but you don't have that experience with God where you know that you know that you know that God is there, that Jesus died for you. It's like you have the knowledge, you have sort of the foundation, and that's a good thing, but you don't yet have that experience with God. Or maybe you're somebody like me who, man, sometimes I've, I've had great experiences with God, but sometimes it starts to feel like, man, I need a new one. Like, I'd love to just get closer to God. I'd love for my heart to kind of come to life as I experience God in a new and a fresh way. And so maybe that's your next step. Maybe that's what you need to be saying, God, I want to get closer to you. I want to center my life around you. I just need to experience you in a new way or maybe for the first time. The next one is worship, that we would be people who worship God with our lifestyle. You know how we sing songs of worship and we tell God that we love him? Man, but when we go outside these walls and we begin to live like we love God, so the way I interact with my wife and my kids, the way I do business, how, how I you know, use my eyes, the things I look at, the things I talk about, the jokes I make or laugh at. Like, these are all opportunities for me to worship God. To say, okay, I'm gonna do what's gonna please you, God. And by doing that, I'm gonna show you that I love you. Maybe some of you guys were challenged that way. Maybe some of you guys were challenged with the fourth one, which is connect. We need to be connecting with people that are walking in a relationship with God. Some of you guys aren't Christians, and maybe you don't even really like being here tonight. But maybe the the greatest thing you could do for yourself is get into what we call a community group or a small group with a group of people that meets twice a month and just do life. 
Just spend time with them and see what God's done in their life. That may be the thing. That may be way more convincing to you than anything I'll ever say from the stage. And so whether you're a Christian or not, I would say, man, are you connected somewhere? Maybe it's not even at this church, but are you connected with people who love God and are on a similar journey that you're on? Lastly, to serve. And I gave you guys a bunch of great opportunities last week. We have all these opportunities within the walls, but then we have Long Island Youth Mentoring outside these walls. We have Steph's Outreach to the Homeless outside these walls and some more hurricane relief coming up outside these walls. So maybe for you, it's to say, yeah, I'm gonna serve. I'm gonna serve and give of myself. So last week was all about you taking a next step. I hope you were challenged. Even those of you guys that have heard a little bit of this before, I hope you were challenged and said, man, I need to take this next step in my relationship with God. Now that was last week. Last week was all about you taking a next step. Today, I think is really exciting because it's all about you helping somebody else take a next step. Imagine being someone that didn't just center your own life around Jesus, but imagine being somebody who helped somebody else center their life around Jesus. Imagine being somebody who influenced other people so that they lived more closely to God. You see, I think that's really what it's all about. Yes, our lives should be centered around Jesus, but then it comes to a point where we gotta say, okay, but I wanna, I wanna help other people get closer to God. I wanna help other people center their lives around Jesus. Now, here's the thing. When I said that, many of you guys instantly thought, oh, I'm not gonna do that, which I appreciate so much. Let's just close in prayer. Great message, right? Right? I appreciate that so much. No, I don't appreciate that, but, but here's the reason why. I wanna tell you why you thought that. See, you thought probably, the reason you thought, I'm not gonna help somebody else center their life around Jesus is because of this. It's because all you imagine when I say those words is the finished product. In other words, you think of somebody you know that's really far from God and you're putting all this pressure on you. You know what that pressure is? It's, oh man, I've gotta help this person get saved, know how to understand the Bible, be able to help other people understand the Bible, get them to the point where they're, really growing in a relationship with God and they're not doing the things they used to do. They're changing. I gotta change them and then I gotta make sure they know how to tell other people about God and, then, and we're putting all this pressure on ourselves like we're responsible for all those things to happen. We're probably also putting some other pressure on us. You know what that pressure looks like? Man, but I don't have all the answers. I need to have all the answers before I help somebody. Or I'm not perfect, man. I'm not perfect. I'm in my own struggles. How could I help somebody else? What if all God wants you to do is help somebody take a next step? Let's not worry about what they're gonna be 50 years from now because the truth is God's probably gonna use a lot of people in their lives between now and then, not just you. So what if you were the kind of person and what if I was the kind of person who just helped people take a next step in their relationship with God? That we took the pressure off ourselves, that it's not on our shoulders to save anybody that it's not on our shoulders to make anybody change. But man, what if we were just simply to be the kind of people that would point people to that next step in their relationship with Jesus? Try to illustrate what I mean a little bit this way. When I was in my late teens, I was hanging out with a bunch of my friends who were a little bit older, and my dad had a speedboat, so we went out on the speedboat, and we were out on the water, and a couple of us knew how to water ski. Two of the guys on the boat didn't know how to water ski. And so... One of the guys on the boat that didn't know how wanted to learn. Then there was another guy, Steve. He was going to help this guy learn. And then there was a third guy on the boat, my other friend. And this other friend didn't have any interest in water skiing. And I'll tell you why. I, I think I know why. Because all he envisioned was the end product. He was thinking about this, right? I'm sitting comfortably on a boat. 
and life's good right now. I go from that to being dragged behind the boat, which doesn't sound like so much fun. He didn't realize that there are several steps between sitting on the boat and being pulled behind the boat, right? That there are these next steps. All he could think about was, okay, I'm here and I'm feeling good. I'll be out there and I'll drown, right? He didn't realize that, wow, okay, maybe this other guy, this guy Steve, was going to help him know and take the necessary next steps. So the guy who did want to learn, Steve says to him, all right, jump in the water, first step, right? Kind of obvious, like, oh, I got to get in there? Okay, so he gets in the water, right? And then Steve says, all right, I'm going to, you know, swim out a little bit. I'll throw you the skis. Put your skis on. Okay, good. Now grab the rope. Get it between your skis and hold that rope between your knees right about that distance. And then I want you to get your skis at a 90-degree angle, Okay, so all these steps are happening. All these steps are happening. And the guy out there, he's trying hard. He's going, okay, man. He's not just worried about the finished product. He's going, okay, next step. Okay, I got that one. I got that one. I got that one. And the guy on the boat, Steve, was doing a great job of teaching him. But my friend, who had no interest in learning how to ski, was mocking the entire process because he just couldn't have cared less, right? So when my buddy says, all right, put your skis on, you know, my friend who sit on the boat, goes, oh yeah, I guess you're going to need some skis if you're going to ski, you know, and then he goes, all right, put the rope between your knees, and my buddy yells out, yeah, and kiss your butt goodbye, you know, and then my friend uh, Steve on the boat says, all right, put your skis at a 90 degree angle, and my buddy on the boat goes, yeah, did you bring your protractor, you know, and so he's just yelling all these things out, right, so Steve gets so angry, he turns around, and he throws my friend off the boat into the Long Island Sound, and then he throws me off too, because I was just laughing, but I think that's completely unfair, all right, but you know what happened? The guy who wasn't willing to try the next step, the guy who only thought, okay, I'm going to have to go from here to there, he never tried it, and he never skied. But the guy who, who understood, it's not about here to there, it's, okay, I'm going to take a next step, and I'm going to take another next step, and then I'm going to take another next step. He skied. He got it. And you know what? In your mind and in my mind, when I say let's be influencers, let's help people center their life around Jesus, so often what we do is we think, Okay, from here to there, I got to get this guy from where he is now to like this perfect, awesome Christian. And you know what? That pressure is not on you. What if you were the kind of person to just help somebody take a next step? And you know what? There might be some people in our lives that we're going to help take many steps, but I think more often than not, what's going to happen is you and I are going to be the kind of people that help people take one little step toward God, and then somebody else may help them take another step toward God. I know I look back on my life, that's true of me. There were many, many different people who helped me take a next step toward God. So imagine being that kind of person. Imagine getting rid of the pressure that we sometimes put on ourselves. Now, if you're not a follower of Jesus here, we're really glad that you're here. We're so excited that you walked through the doors tonight. Hope you enjoyed the hot dog and getting shot. And uh, we just want to let you know that we hope we're, you know, if we can help, we want to. And when you're thinking about this message tonight, when you're thinking about um, why would I want to center my life around Jesus? Well, here's what I hope you'll hear tonight. I hope you're he- you'll hear why. I hope you'll hear why it's so powerful and so important to live a life that's centered around Jesus, living near Jesus, that there's a God who loves you so much that he sent his son to die for you, to take your place, to remove your sin and guilt, and that you would respond by simply saying, I want to know him. I want to live near that Savior. So, what we're going to do is we're going to look at a few verses tonight, and we're going to see some people who were amazing at this. They were amazing at helping people take a next step. And I hope you'll be inspired, and you'll see the result. You'll see the power of what happens when someone is willing to do this. So look with me at this couple, Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla and Aquila were friends 
with this guy, Paul. A lot of you guys, if you've ever been in church, you've heard about Paul. Paul was like this Christian that just changed, literally changed a lot of the world. Just like you want to talk about somebody who helped people take next steps. He was like that. And Paul made tents. That's what he did for a living to kind of support his ability to go tell people about God. And Priscilla and Aquila were also tent makers, right? So the three of them connect in this city, and they start to talk. And we don't know if Priscilla and Aquila were, were followers of Jesus before Paul came, but they certainly were after Paul came. He kind of had that effect on people. And so here, Paul decides, all right, I'm going to go on. I'm going to go tell some more people in some other places about Jesus. And Priscilla and Aquila encounter this guy. And look what they do. Look what happens in Acts 18, verse 24. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He'd been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. So Apollos, a guy who has some background with God, who knows a little bit about Jesus, who has a ton of boldness. I mean, you're going to walk into a Jewish synagogue and start saying, hey, let's talk about Jesus. You had to have some boldness. But there he was, and he didn't quite have the whole message. He didn't quite understand all that Jesus had done for him. And so look what Priscilla and Aquila do. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. So they look at this guy who's got potential, he's got passion for God, he's got incredible boldness, and they say, let's help him take a next step. You know what they didn't do? They didn't go, oh man, I don't know if we should do that because how are we going to take him from where he is now to being this amazing follower of Jesus? They just simply said, we could do something right now. We could help this guy take a next step. We could influence Apollos. And so they act. See, you and I so rarely act because we're honestly afraid a lot of the time. We're afraid that we don't know how to help people take that next step, that we might mess it up, that we might not quite get it right, that there's all this pressure on us. And you know what I hope tonight you'll walk out realizing is the pressure isn't on you. The pressure belongs to somebody else. And we're going to find the answer to that in a minute. But look at verse 27. Apollos has obviously grown his relationship with Jesus. It says, when Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. So Apollos has grown so much in his relationship with God that he's like, I want to go to this other place and start to tell people about what I've learned about Jesus. And so because Priscilla and Aquila just took this guy under their wing, he's now going off to do some really powerful things for God. And I want you to see what happens in the next part. It says, when he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. Listen to this, verse 28. For he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Now just think about that for a second. There's a very good chance that Priscilla and Aquila never could have done what he did. There's a very good chance Priscilla and Aquila, I mean, I don't know the whole background of the story, the Bible doesn't tell us, but my guess is that Apollos had some wit that maybe they didn't. He had some ability to preach and speak that maybe they didn't. And so here, this couple just said, hey, Apollos, we're going to point you in the right direction with all this Jesus stuff. Then he goes and does what they never could have. Because they helped him take a next step, he goes and he influences this whole area for God. Just think about the people in your life that you know. Think about those that are far from God. Can you imagine just helping them take a next step and then maybe what God would do with their life? 
I mean, just think about it backwards for a second. Think about the people that affected you in your relationship with God. Are you so grateful that they did what they did to help you take a next step? Because now you're doing things that maybe they can't even do. Maybe you've kind of grown to a point where God's using you in ways that he couldn't use those people that influenced you, but because they influenced you, now you're out influencing others and God's using you in awesome ways. See the power of that. See how amazing it is to be a person who says, okay, I'm not just gonna sit back. I'm not just gonna center my own life around Jesus. I'm gonna help people take a next step. And you know what? This isn't just all about people who don't know God. This is also about people who do know God. Some of you guys are strong in your faith. And maybe there's some people that you see that are a little bit further down the road behind you. Have you ever thought about reaching back to where they are and saying, hey, can I encourage you with this? Can I pray for you with that? Can, can I help you understand that a little bit better? Imagine helping them take a next step in their relationship with God. Now, what we see here is the end of Apollo's story in the book of Acts, but Paul mentions Apollos a little bit later in the book of Corinthians. And it's really cool what he has to say here, okay? Because he helps connect some dots for us. You see, here's what started to happen. Don't get distracted or lost in what I'm about to tell you because I just want to keep everybody on the same page. You see, what happened was Apollos began to preach and people started to follow him and started to say, man, that guy could really preach. And then there are other people in, in Corinth that would say, man, I really like when Paul preaches. I like Paul better. And some would say, no, I like Apollos better. And so there was like kind of this, these followings going on. And so Paul has to write a letter to the Corinthians and he has to say, look, let's knock all this off. It's not about Apollos and it's not about me. And in that, even though he's writing to bring the church back together and unify them, look what we discover. I think we discover some really powerful things about ourselves when it comes to the pressure we put on ourselves and feeling like we have to change somebody or save somebody. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 3 verse 5. It says, what after all is Apollos? You know, you know, again, Paul's just saying, look, you guys are all about Apollos or you're all about me. Look, what after, what after all is Apollos? What is Paul? And he answers it. Only servants through, who you, through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. He's going, look, you're putting all this praise on people. He's going, look, it's not about the person. We're just people doing what God called us to do. Imagine if you just became a person that was just doing what God called you to do. Look at the next verse and how powerful it is. He says in verse six, I planted the seed and Apollos watered it. But look, 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 God made it grow. He goes, look, I planted the seed and you're, you're just, if you're not a follower of Jesus, we're not talking farming here. He's using a little bit of an illustration here. Okay, like where's the seed and the water? You got a can here, what's going on, right? Basically what he's saying is, look, I preached the message, right? And then Apollos came along and maybe he watered it a little bit. In other words, he helped you, helped you grow a little bit. He helped you learn a little bit more, but then look what it says. But God made it grow. So you and I, we're ruling ourselves out because how do I get my friend from here to there? God's going, look, don't worry about here to there. Just plant a seed or water it and I'll make it grow. The pressure's not on you. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have every answer to help someone take a next step in their relationship with God. And then it says this in verse seven, so neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. And so he's saying, look, stop making a big deal out of Apollos or Paul. They don't get the glory, only God does. But you know what's so powerful about that? If you and I don't get the glory, you know what else we don't have to get? The pressure, 
If it's not up to you to save anybody or change anybody, then we can relax. And we can begin to live lives where we say, I want to just help you take a next step in your relationship with God. I can't save you. I know that. I can't change you. I can't make you better. I can't make you worse. I can just simply help you take steps toward centering your life around Jesus. Imagine being that kind of a person. Then verse 8 says, the man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's, look at this, I love these two words. I'm going to talk about this in a second. We are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. You know what Paul's saying here? He's going, look, me and Apollos, we're just God's, we're just fellow workers. You know what? You and I, we're just fellow workers on Long Island, right? I might, I might dig the hole. You might throw in the seed. You might water it a little bit. You might dig the hole. I might throw in the seed. Somebody else might water it a little bit. It doesn't matter except to do what God has called us to do. The, the next step we help people take because it's him who's going to make it grow. It's him who's going to make the difference in the long run. And so I want you to think about the people in your life. Think about the people in your life that you know that are either far from God or they're a little bit further back behind in their relationship with God. Think about how God could use you. Think about just being willing, not to get them from here to there, but to help them take a next step towards centering their life around Jesus. You know what I know? I know that every single one of us that's a follower of Jesus can do that. You could have got saved last week. God wants to use you to help somebody take a next step. Some of us have been saved a long time. God wants to use us to help people take a next step. And the cool thing is, is when we talk about our mission here, we realize that you don't have to help people take all these different steps that you're not necessarily gifted at. Do what you're gifted at. Do what God has made you good at and watch him use you. Let's look at, see how this works. Let's talk about our mission to help center people around Jesus. Let's look at these steps, right? Learn and apply. Some of you guys love God's word. Some of you guys are all about it. You, you, you just read it, you read it, you read it. Some other people in this room here are like, I don't, I don't understand it. I have a really hard time you know, figuring it out. I just can't seem to get anything out of it. Some of you guys love the Bible. So use that gift. Help people take that next step. For some of you guys, it's as simple as giving somebody you know a Bible. For some of you guys, it's helping them know a good place in the Bible to start reading. Say, hey, check out the book of Mark. It's short. It's a great overview of Jesus' life. And if you have any questions, let's talk. Or hey, let's read it together on our lunch break. Or hey, let's get together before school or after work or whatever it might be. And let's do this. Because I would love to help you take a next step if you're interested. See, that's some of you guys here in the room. Some of you guys are like, that's not me. That's okay, don't do it. Let the people who can dig that hole or put that seed in do it. Okay? Because that's what they're passionate about. You know, the second half of this is applying. Some of you guys, you're looking at some friends and they know a lot about God, but man... Some of you guys are going, I would love to see them really live this. I'd love to see them really get this and live this out. And so help them do that. Experience God. Some of you guys are all about this. You guys have great faith, some of you. Some of you guys, man, I'm a prayer, right? Some of the rest of us are like, no, 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 I'm not a prayer. Uh, You know, I struggle to get words out. I struggle to to connect with God. That's okay. God's got a different role for you, okay? Or you're gonna grow in that maybe. But man, for right now, for those of you who love to pray, who love to see God do some amazing and real things in people's lives, use that gift 
And here's some practical ways to do it. Somebody starts telling you about a hard time they're going through, you say, you know what, I'm gonna be praying for you. I'm gonna be praying that God will do something that only God can do in that situation. I'm praying that God will allow you to experience him for yourself. Begin to see how God might wanna use you in that way. It's powerful, man, it's powerful. I have a guy uh, on Cade's baseball team, a dad that I got into a conversation with and he told me when he was younger, he got into an accident and he had hip surgery and he's in terrible pain. I just said, bro, Kelly and I both, we just said, we're gonna be praying for you. We're gonna be praying for you and, and we've be able to continue. To, every time I see him at the ball field, how you feeling, man? All right, all right, well, we're praying for you. Man, I don't know, man. Who, who knows, but if God would heal him or even just the fact that he knows somebody cares enough to pray for him would lead him closer to a relationship with Jesus. And so experiencing God is powerful. Maybe you'll get the opportunity to lead some people to Jesus. Some of you guys are gifted that way, to be able to just talk with people about what God's done in your life. And it's like, man, every time you get into a conversation with somebody, it's like they want to know more about Jesus. Maybe that's how you'll help them experience God a little bit. The next one is worship God. Worship God. Imagine being able to help people get this idea through their head that what they do during their work week can count as worship toward God. I remember there was a guy that was coming to collision for a long time, and I remember preaching a message about worship and how, yes, it, you know, some of it has to do with music, but it's about a lifestyle. And I remember him. He came up to me after that service that day, and he said, it clicked tonight. I get it. I get that the, the, he was really into movies and entertainment. He said, I get that the movies and the entertainment that I watch and some of the stuff that's just filthy, that, man, a way for me to worship God is to get rid of some of that stuff. And he still watches movies, he still enjoys things that are not you know, horrific and terrible and all that kind of stuff. But, but for him, an act of worship was to say, all right then, I'm gonna push that aside because I wanna show God I love him just simply by saying, I'm not gonna fill my mind with that trash. I wanna love God with the, even the images on a screen that I look at. The next one is connecting, connecting. Some of you guys are connectors. You're really good at getting people connected and together and near right? You just want everyone to feel at home. You want everyone to find a place. You want to make sure everybody belongs. Use that gift. We're not all like you. Use that gift. Some of you guys, you know, you need to join our greeting team and be a connector there. Some of you guys just need to be a friendly face here at Collision in the crowd before and after service. Be willing to just talk with people that come in and say, hey man, where are you from? What's going on? How's everything? Great to have you here. Just being that connector. Some of you guys need to help Bring some people into community groups. Say, hey, would you join our community group or join our service team? We've seen that that's the best way to get people involved is to say, hey, I'm on this new serving service team and man, I love doing it and you'd be great at it. So why don't you join us? Parking team, little hint there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> love to get you out there. Thanks. Um, shameless plug. But man, imagine the power of you connectors using that. You know, some of you guys are just good at talking, seriously. I'm not good at that. I know you think maybe I could talk because well, I always make a mess of my words. But up here, I'm more comfortable than I would be out there just having conversations. A lot of you guys are gifted that way. You'd be better at it than I would. And so I'd encourage you guys, use those connection gifts. Help people take a step. There's people around you, man, that are hurting. Imagine being the one to be able to say, hey, you need to join our community because you need a support system around you. There are people like you. There are people your age going through the same thing Join us, come, be a part, see what God's doing. The last one, serving. Some of you guys just have that in your bones. You, you are a servant, and you know other people who have that. They come alive when they serve. They may not even be followers of Jesus, but they love to serve people. 
then you need to say, all right, you know what? There's this new thing we're doing where we go out into the community and we serve the homeless. You know how I talk about Steph, who's starting this homeless ministry? She got saved out there. That's her story. That's why this is so passionate, such a passionate thing for her. Because she went out there as a non-Christian and she saw the real love of God working through the people that she was with to these homeless people. And it moved her to the point that she said, I gotta know this God. And now she's starting this. And so I would say, bring some non-Christians out there. Bring some friends that love to serve and see, maybe they'll see the love of God in such a real way that they'll want what these people on these teams have. And so recruit people to serve and use their giftings. So I hope you're seeing all the different ways that you can use your giftings. I hope you're seeing that this is for people who don't know God at all, and this is for people who are strong in their relationship with God. You can look to them and say, I want to help you take a next step. I want to encourage you to get closer to God and help you center your life around Jesus. See, that's what's so important is because you and I can center our lives around Jesus, but the day comes we got to start caring about other people doing it as well. Andrew and I were just talking about this last week. We were talking about sometimes there are Christians who like grow, trying to grow so much themselves, they almost become like spiritually obese. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I'm just so full of God. And it's like, that's great, but what are you doing to help people around you? Like, are you spreading that out? Like lay off on the Twinkies and give some out. You know what I'm saying? Like you're getting spiritually obese. Or you're getting so big. You know what I mean? And, and I think that's so important. And we always want to be that church, guys. We always want to be that church that's saying, okay, yes, I need God and I need to encounter God, but man, Share the Twinkies. Let's, let's get the word out and let's begin to impact other people around us. You guys are all going to be tweeting, share the Twinkies later. Um, but man, that's the church we want to be. That's so the church we want to be. I, that's what Jesus was. Jesus didn't just say, okay, oh, I'm just going to get my 12. Yes, he did life with them and they were real close, but man, they went out, they went out, they went out, they went out and they impacted others, even when they weren't perfect and even when they didn't always get it right. And so here's the question I want you to ask yourself this week. Who, who can I help take a next step towards centering their life around Jesus? Just a step. Who can I help take a next step? Not here to there. I mean, awesome, God, if you want to use me in one person's life to go from here to there and I'm going to walk them through every step, great, I'm game. But man, for right now, all I can do is one step. And so God, use me. Who do you know that needs to learn and apply? Who do you know that needs to experience God for themselves? Who do you know that needs to begin to live a lifestyle of worship? And you can be someone that helps them stay accountable. You can be somebody that says, hey, I know you're struggling with this. I'm gonna be praying for you, but I'd also love to be in communication with you once a week. Let's talk. Or, or if you feel tempted, then call me, text me, and I'll pray for you right then and there, and I'll encourage you to, to stick to do the right thing that's gonna honor God. Who do you know that needs to connect? And who do you know that would be great at serving? You see, I think you guys have such huge potential. I did two weddings on Thursday. Actually, Crystal's here somewhere. I can't find her. Crystal, there she is. Crystal, stand up. Let's, come on, Crystal. Good, yes. Good to see Crystal. Amazing, amazing wedding. It was so much fun. And then I did Melissa and Eric's wedding. And you know what? I, I really, I love these couples. I love both couples so much. We had a blast and it was awesome. But you know what one of my favorite parts of the time being there was? It was the interaction I got to have with their families and friends. I absolutely loved getting to know some of the families and the friends of these people, and I loved a, a lot of them don't know God, and I love the opportunity to just be with them, 
Just hang out with them. Guys, I'm a pastor. I'm trapped in church a lot, okay? You guys live out there in the real world, right? You're around non-Christians all the time. Take advantage of it. Be the person to help others take that next step. Just a few stories and we'll pray. There's a, a friend of mine, Craig Muller. He's a director of Youth for Christ on Long Island. And I just talked with him this afternoon about this story. He, he said that the director of Youth for Christ years and years ago went to India. And he had this big passion to reach out to the people of India. And he came back feeling like a complete failure. Because he felt like no one put their faith in Jesus. He came back frustrated. He told his family he failed. He told his son he failed. He said, uh, you know, it didn't, it didn't happen the way I hoped it would have happened. Years and years and years went by, and this young Indian man came up to him and said, I want you to know that when you came to India several years ago, that I put my faith in Jesus. And the guy was kind of like a little bit encouraged. But you know what? If the guy who went could only see that Indian man today, he would be completely amazed at what God did. Because some of you guys know the name Ravi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias is the most brilliant theologian and apologist literally in the world today, in, in my opinion. He goes to Princeton, Yale, all these places. He'll stand on these public you know, university stages and he'll say, okay, just ask me questions about God. And person after person will get up and ask questions about God. And he's got these amazing answers for each and every question that comes up. And countless people have grown in their relationship with Jesus. All because years and years ago, a guy said, I'll just do what I know to do. I'll go to India, comes back, feels like a failure. But in that, God reached an Apollos, didn't he? Right? God reached an Apollos who could refute, who could prove Jesus was the Savior and the Messiah. And that guy, Ravi Zacharias, went on to do what the original guy from Youth for Christ never could have done. Just because he said, I'll help somebody take a next step. I'll go and I'll preach. And even though he felt like he failed, like you and I often do, God used it. Another story, and then we'll pray. My friend Paul, when we were just kids, about 17, 18 years old, we were on this retreat, and we were way upstate New York, and there was this worship night, and after the worship, there was prayer, and just a few people were left in the room. And my friend Paul looked at this one guy and he knew he had to go sit by him. He felt like in his heart, like God was just giving him this feeling, like, go sit by that guy. You know, not like words or, you know, anything crazy, but just an impression in his heart. He went and he sat by him. Year, again, years go by. And he found out that the kid he went and sat by planned that night to kill himself on the retreat. It was his goal to kill himself that we would all find him dead on that retreat. But because my friend went and sat next to him, didn't say a word, didn't pray for him, didn't tell him it's going to be okay, just went and did what he knew to do. He didn't kill himself. He's a follower of Jesus today, a great dad, a cop in the city, all because somebody just said, I'll take this little next step. It's just a little stupid step. I'm sure my friend Paul always felt like, I probably should have said something. I wish I had prayed for him. Probably he's kicking himself. But man, you never know, right? You never know what little thing that you do. When you respond, when God is beginning to work on your heart, when he's beginning to lead you and say, help him experience Help, help her understand what worship is. Help them know how to study the Bible. Help them connect. Help them serve. You never know what might happen. You might just be a Priscilla or an Aquila talking to the next Apollos. And then the next Apollos can go out and he can reach people that you can't reach. And before long, Apollos is known as this mighty preacher who's on the level of Paul. But in reality, he's just a fellow worker like you and I, right? 
And so who can you help take a next step towards centering their life around Jesus? Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this night. We thank you for the fun that we had before the sermon started, the laughter, the joy. We thank you, God, for what you're doing in our hearts right now. We thank you for the encouragement that you're bringing to some of us. We thank you for the way you're challenging some of us. I thank you for those in the room that don't know you as their Savior, the way that you are maybe challenging their heart a little bit, encouraging their heart, revealing your love. And so, God, we just come to you now needing your presence, God. So if you're a follower of Jesus, would you walk through this with me? Who do you know that you could help take a next step when it comes to learning and applying God's word? Some of you guys, you got a, you got a face in your mind right now. Somebody that you could help. Who do you know that needs to experience God? Who could you be praying for? Who could you be saying, God, I really pray that so-and-so will see that you're there, that you're real, that you love them? Who do you know that you could help worship God with their lifestyle? Take them under your wing a little bit. Be an accountability partner for them. Who do you know that needs to connect, that needs other people in their life right now that are on our journey with God? And who do you know that you could help take that next step towards serving? I know God can use every single one of us. There's not a Christian in this room that should walk out of here tonight feeling like, man, I just wish there was something I can do. Every single one of us can be used by God in some awesome, awesome ways. So would you pray about that for a minute and would you think about that this week? And if you're not a follower of Jesus, I just want to give you an opportunity to respond if you'd like to. If you want to know this God, if you want to experience him for yourself, if you want to begin to understand what God's word says and what it means and you want to begin to connect and serve and and all these things I talked about tonight and to know forgiveness of sins and to know Jesus as your savior, then I'd encourage you to just pray this quietly. Jesus, thank you for your love. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin. Thank you that you want me. Thank you for this gift of salvation that I can't earn. And God, I pray you'll make me somebody who helps others center their life around Jesus. That I will center my life around you and then I'll be somebody who can help others take that next step. Amen.